I'm Saeed. The Lebanese flag right that. here. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you need to know about our backstory, pretty much. And that's the life we live. <laughs> Am I glitching or something? You're looking at me like I'm glitching. So I'm just making sure. No, we're just. That I'm not I glitching. think we're just uh, like enjoying your social awkward awkwardness. <laughs> no, you know, I was so I was so um, I'm kind of upset you're not in New York, to be honest, because I was going to ask you about the tunnels in New York. Oh, you, oh, what, is that why you brought me happening? on? Is that why you brought a Jew on your program? <laughs> like I saw you guys yeah, were buried. <laughs> fucking digging tunnels in crown heights okay <laughs> and so let's check in with our fucking jew expert over here <laughs> the fuck okay yeah i but actually don't a, but i don't know expert. a ton about the tunnels in crown heights because i am based where do in they los go? angeles what are I they actually, used for though what are i'm they pretty used sure for? they go to gaza directly uh, <laughs> <laughs> the fuck how would i know <laughs> That's a good point because they're digging like I saw I saw that shit and I was like that's super weird. I don't have time <laughs> to deal with it right now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's a genocide happening. Like somebody else will cover this, surely. <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting because I saw that video and like Oh my god. First of all, the first video I saw was someone like exiting the just like the grate, right? They just came out of the ground. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was magic. It wasn't it was great. Okay. It was like, it was pretty okay to me. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't say great. Um, but yeah, the part, they, they came out yeah. like a fucking Ninja Turtle dog. And I'm like, yo, this shit is weird. <laughs> also, I don't know if you guys saw, but there was a tweet from a guy who was like, I swear I hear people speaking Yiddish underneath my floor. And I'm, don't, <laughs> I don't have like a, a basement. You know what I mean? Like he was, <laughs> he was, <laughs> And then, like a year later, he quotes the tweet, and he's like, "Some of you owe me an apology." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, dog. You ever been gaslit about having Jews digging tunnels underneath you? You ever had that one happen to you? It's so bizarre. They did a little like Warsaw ghetto in Crown Heights. I have no idea why they did that. <laughs> like, I guess they've been learning from Ham from Hamas directly, man. I mean, they really steal everything, huh? Fuck. <laughs> First the hummus, now the tunnels. What's next? That's tough, dude. Zion is will not let up, bro. They're like, okay, <laughs> whatever you had is ours now. <laughs> but oh I just want to know what the motivation is, more than anything. Do you have any like clues or insights? I or, don't know why you, know you think I would have insight into that. <laughs> Like, I'm genuinely curious about that. What about my online social media presence makes you think I'm super connected to that particular Zionist Chabad? <laughs> Maybe like, you have more of a presence. Also, let's just, let's just talk about your, like, your, your guest selection of the last few episodes as well, right? Like, please. Are you guys good? You know what I mean? Because it's going from like kill Tony regulars to like Iron Chef and then me. Like, what is happening? <laughs> you guys have a schizophrenic booking your podcast? <laughs> I 
I am so thoroughly confused. (laughs) And then you get me on this podcast, right? And you ask me immediately about the tunnels in Crown Heights. Like, I have insight? While the fucking occupation stood trial yesterday in The Hague. You know what I mean? Like, that's more what I was focused on. Oh, my God. Okay. What do you think about the trial, then? Yeah, what do you think oh, about the Hague? Oh, th- thank you so much for bringing up the trial. <laughs> wow. I figured that's actually why you guys wanted to have me on. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, of course. We were just warming you up, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. You always warm up with the illegal tunnels found in Crown Heights. <laughs> Everybody starts with that. That's how you... That's Warm-up comics know. Bring up the tunnels. <laughs> Wait, wait, Michael, honest (laughs) question now, honest question. Yeah. Don't you feel more alert now? More, more. I do content about Palestine. I am alert all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Every person I meet, I'm like, did Mossad send you? What are you talking like? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah. Well, okay. The trial. Yeah. Fantastic. Yes. Um, Historic, legendary trial, South Africa, Mm. obviously fought off apartheid, has brought the claim of genocide against the occupation, the Israeli occupation. And I stayed up all night last night watching it, and it was magnificent, dude. I mean, they fucking laid into them. They talked about case Mm. law. They talked about intent. They showed exhibits. They didn't even overly rely on like gory footage uh, because they wanted to establish law and precedent as opposed to like trying to influence people via shock value, which is for sure what the occupation is going to do tomorrow when they show like an AI generated GoPro video, um, Mm -hmm. you know, of them killing Mm -hmm. their own citizens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, it was really good. Um, for a lot of people, it was very soothing, you know, because Palestinians have never really had their case pleaded like this in such a mm-hmm. way by such a worthy defender, right? By somebody who is worthy of defending the cause. Like in a medium, the International Court of Justice, which has a precedent for coming down against genocide right in the case of bosnia and serbia and so it's uh it's very heartening you know we must not like stop we we got to keep the pressure up on the occupation continue protesting continue organizing anything that you're doing right now to disrupt and agitate the occupation is good that's true and how are you doing how are you disrupting the occupation Oh, I have a little podcast called The Palestine Pod. Have you heard of it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a fan. I'm a fan, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's, so what impact has that podcast had in disrupting the occupation? Um, well, we provide a counter to the narrative of the occupation, right? Mm-hmm. The narrative is largely that, like, Zionists are always correct and have never done anything wrong. And they're like beyond reproach or it's anti-Semitic. And what we say is like, "Mm, no, that's actually not true. First of all, um, that makes no sense, right? And uh, you guys have been colonizing for 75 plus years. 
there has been occupation, there has been genocide, there has been, you know, collective punishment, there have been war crimes, there are, you know, rampaging settlers committing pogroms, like the list goes on and on. Um, Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we provide that information, which is heavily suppressed by media outlets, by social media outlets. You know, I have lost access to my accounts. Uh, we had our account nuked one time, kicked off the internet completely. Oh, wow. um, so yeah, they're they're trying to suppress the information, and it's because they rely on a narrative to maintain control, and their narrative is slowly crumbling, and it's crumbling in a way that I have never really seen before, right? Because we've seen mm-hmm. pockets where Palestinians have gained back ground intellectually. Right in 2021, I don't know if you guys paid attention, but there was another unity intifada, and mm-hmm. so it's like <clears throat> in that moment, people were captivated for like mm, three months. Right, we had people's attention for a little bit, but then just like the news cycle, it you know moves on, mm-hmm. continues, <laughs> and people start thinking about Ukraine or whatever the fuck. And You're talking so, about Sheikh, Sheikh Jarrah, right? What happened yes. there with yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, yeah, I referred to it as the Unity Intifada. Um, but yes, gotcha. the Sheikh Sheikh Jarrah uprising as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but what happened is people's attention span moved on. This time, right. it it feels no. like it feels like people are captivated in a way that this is now on their minds forever. And that's how it should have been years ago, right? People should have realized years ago before this genocide that this was one of the most insane human rights issues of our time, right? June Jordan and Dr. Angela Davis say it is the litmus test for any real activist. So it's like, how is it, you know, that people have ignored this cause for so long because they controlled the narrative? They were able to control yeah. the narrative. And now... Mass propaganda. Yeah. Exactly. And now, mm-hmm. that's, why, that's why you see on the BBC, they'll describe the murdering of an innocent child, right, by the Israeli occupation in a way that is like, the bullet went roundabout and found its way into the body of a young lady. Dog. Yeah. Are you mm-hmm. Goebbels? What are you talking about? You know what I mean? They murdered a Mm -hmm. child. The Israeli occupation murdered a child. Why is that so fucking hard for the internet to say? For anybody who has a a show on TV to say, rather, right? Why is it so hard? Well, because if you say anything even remotely close to that, they will take your TV show away just like they did with Mehdi Hassan. Mehdi Hassan had a show on MSNBC. He would, yeah. he would occasionally hold people to account and be like, yeah, no, you're actually like breaking a lot of laws and killing a lot of people and like nobody believes you anymore. And now he doesn't have a TV show anymore. Right. And so that's why we started the podcast because we knew there was a gap, right? An information gap that they were yeah. controlling the narrative with. And so what we do on the Palestine pod is we provide a counter to that very dominant narrative of Zionist propaganda and we're rooted in facts. We're rooted in facts. We're rooted in logic. We're rooted in sources. We cite all of our sources because we want people to be able to trust us because we understand what it's like to be gaslit. It's like having somebody tell you that Jews aren't digging a tunnel underneath your apartment. 
But it's true. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And then a year later, you find out, whoopsies, they are. But that happens at the international level. Yeah. On the point of controlling the narrative, Mm -hmm. the reason, like, addressing the point of why now this this the current situation is being highlighted so well and is gaining so much attention as more than like the previous years it's because the narrative was taken back by the people by the people of Gaza the journalists on the ground there they were able to show what is happening live better than the Palestinian authority over the last 75 years. And it's, it's the, it was the responsibility of the Palestinian authority over the 75 years to sh- show the Palestinian narrative in a better way. But when we were talking to our guest, uh, Dr. Stephen Chan about this, he talked about how the people who were presenting the Palestinian people, they were basically not I don't want to be I don't want to be rude but they were basically incompetent. They were not I mean uh, I think people understand now that the Palestinian authority is a collaborator of the occupation largely. Right? Yeah. Like they're set in place <laughs> to keep Palestinians in check. That's why anytime Palestinians start protesting too much, I mean there's a protest every week obviously or like all the time in Palestine, but anytime things start to get a little like Mm, unstable it's the palestinian authority who comes in first right to deal Mm. with palestinians and so it's like if you guys remember the name nizar binat Mm -hmm. right no he he was a uh a critic of the palestinian authority and then they killed him he was like they're Mm. working with the occupation they're not for the palestinian people and then they were like come with us murder Mm mm-hmm you know, this reminds me a lot of um, Man's Search for Meaning and the story about the Holocaust, too, where they had people have special privileges in order to, you know, treat yes, of course. their own horribly. Yes, of course. One of the most, like, searing testimonies from the Holocaust that I always remember is, um, let me see, we good? I saw I dropped off. I really hope so. You can continue. It's still recording. Okay, for sure. One of the most searing uh, testimonies from the Holocaust that I remember is um, they're talking about it's what they made us do to each other, right? They made yeah. us fight over bread. They made, they made us fight over crumbs. They turned us into animals. And so I can only imagine right now what yeah. Gazans are going through as they fight over bread, as they are withheld from food, water, and power, electricity, medical aid. There are women yeah. who are giving C-sections without anesthesia right now. Dog, is this fucking medieval times? Do you understand? Like, what are we talking about? It's incomprehensible. And so, yeah, it's exactly like the Holocaust. It what is, the Israeli occupation... What the Israeli occupation is doing to the Palestinians in Gaza is exactly like the Holocaust. And anybody who says different straight up doesn't know history. 
I'll fucking fight over that. I don't care, dude. No, I believe you. <laughs> um, I believe you. It's it's also surprising to see that the Palestinian people themselves have not turned on each other, even in these tough times. Honestly, bro, that's like a testament to the Palestinian spirit. Um, you know, I don't want to lionize them. They shouldn't always have to be heroes. Like some of them should just be able to just like chill and be poets or whatever. But like, dude, the fact that like society has not come to a full breakdown right now shows the collective spirit of the Palestinian people. Mm. It makes me wonder about if, if the roles were reversed. I mean, obviously they, they have been in that situation before, but if the roles were reversed, how would the people, I don't know, dog, I'm not super interested in hypotheticals like that. I like dealing with reality. Okay. So what's the current reality that you would rather address? I mean, the occupation in Gaza, the full liberation of Palestine, the right of return for Palestinian people all over the world, the, uh, you know, sanctioning of the occupation, the cutting all diplomatic ties in every single country, having their embassies removed. Um, those are the things I'd be more interested in discussing. No, of course. And I kind of want to play devil's advocate here in this in this position. It's if that was to happen, if all of this was to occur, what would we do with all of the Israelis that the like the Jews that are all living in the land of Palestine? Man, where are you from? Lebanon. That's interesting. It's interesting that, you're, that I would ask this question. You right? would ask me that question. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you ask me that question? Why are you someone from the Middle East? Presumably your family's from the Middle East, right? Like you probably grew up yeah. in America. I understand. Um, no. no. Oh, really? I grew up. I grew up in Dubai and Lebanon. Okay. I mean, still, whatever. <clears throat> like, why is it? <laughs> why is it? Dubai is basically America over there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. <clears throat> why is it? that you are more concerned about what happens to the occupiers, the people who stole the houses versus the people mm. who had their houses stolen. Why are those people more valuable to be asked about than the people who were originally harmed? So you don't I, ask, I don't you don't ask, you don't ask about a thief. Whoa, what happens to the thief? Well, I don't agree with the with the opinion that I am more interested in what happens to the people of the occupation than the Palestinians. But you just, I've, I mean... with you, Yes, maybe in our discussion, that's what I've said. But in, Yeah. But okay, well, what I would say is that... This discussion. What I would say is that a lot of them hold other passports, right? A lot of them can leave if they wanted to. And any Jewish person who doesn't want to live in a free, unoccupied Palestine, where Palestinian people make up the government, should yeah. fucking dip. And they have their other passport ready. They have that, stamps yeah. on it. 
with that with that uh, point i do agree and then it leaves the people the reason why i'm asking this question is because there is a follow-up after that is which is in your opinion what is a sort a sustainable solution long term that's why i'm asking about this that's my wanna... solution is a one state solution that has palestinian people allowed to return right the right of return people who still have the deeds to their houses are given their houses yeah they're they're given compensation as jews were during world war Two, for yeah. the wrongs aggrieved against them right and then, you know, any Jewish person who wants to be involved in that, who understands that they can no longer live a supremacist lifestyle based on their religion, they can probably stay. But anybody else, y'all should get packing. I stand on point. that. I guess. Yeah. That's a, it's Palestine. That sounds like a, a good start for a sustainable solution. Yeah. It's Palestine. It's Palestine. It's always been Palestine. It's always going to be Palestine. There is going to be, in the history books, a small blip just like there was with Rhodesia. Yeah. So Nobody knows I'm Rhodesia anymore. In... <laughs> That's true. I'm interested in you personally, as a, like as a Jewish person yourself, how have you been able to avoid the propaganda that Israel like imposes on all Jewish people? I was not able to avoid it. I grew up in a family that tolerated Zionism, you know, and so I was around a lot of Zionists. I was in a fraternity, the fraternity AEPI, which is one of the largest Zionist organizations in the United States. And so I was heavily subjected to Israeli propaganda. I yeah. was a part of a pledge class with two guys who had served in the Israeli occupation army, the Israeli occupation army. And uh, a part of my awakening is when they were hazed, we were being hazed by the older brothers, right? So it was like eight American guys in this pledge class and then two um, guys who grew up inside the occupation. And they had us uh, tied up, like our hands tied behind our backs, blindfolded, um, they were playing loud music and so they were like torturing us basically. And, um, a lot of the American guys were very uncomfortable. And then we recognized that like the Israeli guys were laughing and joking. And so we were uncomfortable. At least I was, I was like, why are you guys having a good time right now? You guys are giving off psycho vibes. Right. Um, and yeah, they, they said to me, they said, we used to do this to Palestinians all the time. And dog, oh, wow. I was tied up, blindfolded, and that was the first time I'd ever heard anything like that about Palestinians and Israelis, like Israelis doing anything negative to Palestinians. And I yeah. was fucking shook, bro. Um, because you experience things differently when you're blindfolded, right? So like your your hearing takes full control right so yeah, all i true. could hear was these fucking guys laughing and like joking at a time when my internal anxiety is like you're being tortured right yeah and then wow what they said is 
we used to do this. Like, we used to torture people all the time. And they said it in such a cavalier way that I was like, oh, dog, everything I know is a lie. You know what I mean? Like, every single thing that I've been taught is wrong. And so I did a lot of reading, you know, I read, uh, I read a yeah. lot of uh, um, Edward Said, Dr. Elon Pape, um, The Hundred Years War, et cetera, all the classics. And I started listening to Palestinians as well. I met Palestinians on campus through SJP, heard their stories, listened to them, found out that what they were saying made sense, lined up with what I knew from the reading, right? from like yeah. my own education. And I was finding out that all the things that my like social circles had led me to believe were not lining up, were not really making sense. Couldn't really connect the dots if you looked into them. That's, I mean, I, I have to, have to congratulate you, man, for actually taking the time to do your research and, you know, kind of like stand up to what you've already been taught, you know, because it's not some, it's not simple to look at what all of the lessons that people have been teaching you over your lifetime and the lifestyle you've lived and then just in a way fight against it. Look, you're like, look, look at straight in the eye and say, this is not true because this has obviously been instilled in you over at least 18 years it's part of your identity at some point and to question your identity to question the people that you trust as well it's not an easy task thank you yeah i appreciate it it was a lot of unlearning there was a ton of zionist brainwashing in my early years you know yeah they even tried to get me to go to their so-called birthright trip and they were like, we'll give you a free trip to your homeland. And I was like, dog, I was born in New York. You sound stupid. I was born in New York yeah. and I grew up in L.A. So I know that there's nothing free, right? If somebody is offering you something for free, you are the product. It reminded me of um, when, uh, what's his name? I forgot the name of the comedian. Oh, my God. But he's the one who's always with the... And uh, Andrew Santino. With Andrew Santino. I might have said the, his name wrong as well. I'm very, very bad with names. Bobby Lee? But Bobby Lee. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remind you of Bobby Lee? No. <laughs> you reminded Dog. me of what he said about what uh, the state of, oh. what the state yeah, of yeah. Israel did for him. Yeah, he basically yeah, yeah. invited him to Israel and like let him live such a lavish uh, lavish time there and like he did a, mm -hmm. i think a gig or two over there but to to get all that obviously it was all on the paid by the state but for that to happen he had to really advertise how amazing israel is and how amazing the israeli government was towards him and to its people oh okay <laughs> I, I mentioned bobby lee he's gone done <laughs> sorry bud <laughs> yeah 
No, it's uh, I just had to spit real quick. That's fine. Um, so, but yeah. yes, that's true. It's exactly like that, where they often offer people free trips in order to influence them. That happens at like the police level as well. There's also the the police training that happens where various police yeah. departments all across the United States send delegations over to the occupation in order to learn terrorism techniques that can be used on vulnerable populations here in the United States, right? That's why you, when you see people with their knees on people's necks, it's because they learn that from the occupation soldiers. Holy shit. Yeah, I was, my friend sent me a picture the, not too long ago about all of the major positions that are occupied by people of Zionist backgrounds or, you know, Jewish background. And they have... Well, we should make so a distinction, right? Life. Because being Jewish doesn't mean you're a Zionist. I am Jewish. I am not a Zionist. Judaism is a religion. Zionism is a terrorist philosophy. And that's good that we address that. Yeah. Also, there's a ton of Christian Zionists, right? Joe Biden, the president of the United States, blank check, Joe Biden is a Christian Zionist. He represents like fucking hundreds of millions of people who are christian zionists yeah and so it's like i think it's actually i don't know how it's like 50 million it's a lot of people um but that's yeah, not an easy number to he said at. you don't need to be a jew to be a zionist and he is so right because it actually is hard to be a jew and a zionist given that judaism says do not kill and do not steal and zionism says kill everyone and steal anything you better clip that <laughs> you better clip gotcha. that and send it to me that was a fucking <laughs> bar i just came up with that i've been doing a podcast about palestine for three years i just figured out a way to say that there you go you're welcome <laughs> oh yes <laughs> Afwan Habibi Tikram <laughs> Habibi Tikram I like how Ali's just been trying Yeah what's to get going on with in. Ali dog uh, I feel like I don't know Y'all booked me for a double date And then one of you cancelled <laughs> He's like oh no it's just a little technical glitch I'm just the one with the fucking podcast. It's my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I don't know why this is happening to him. Like it doesn't, it doesn't usually happen. I but bet I, none of this be... is going to be recorded and I'm going to go insane. <laughs> he just, he's calling me. Hey. Yes, we can hear you now. I mean, not great. <laughs> I wouldn't say like podcast level audio. No. Yeah, we were just discussing that. <laughs> oh, wow. Sherlock Holmes on the phone over there. <laughs> the Zionists strike again. Yes, they, yeah. they do, sir. Um, do you want to tell us what's, what's going to happen? What are you trying to do? How are you going to solve this issue with yourself? Yeah, don't ask me about what's going to happen. Ask Ali. <laughs> I'm going to exit and then come back in, okay? That sounds like a good idea. I think you should have done that earlier. I mean, in my opinion, that's yeah, 
Yeah. Go for it. Love you guys. We love you too, man. <laughs> trying to make it in one piece. <laughs> I heard everything and it was so beautiful, especially that part where you were like, like Judaism tells you not to kill or steal, but then Zionists tell you to kill and steal. Wow. Um, wow. I thought you were bullshitting that you were on the whole time. <laughs> I swear. I swear. I thought I was going to have to repeat myself. <laughs> and I so was about to deal. be like, guys, that's my time. Thank you so much. <laughs> Michael. So wait, up, wait a second. Let's, let's take it back to the essential thing here, which is you're Jewish. You're a comic, mm -hmm. you're an entertainer, you're in Los Angeles, you're found in New York, your family is Jewish and stuff. So, um, and stuff. Is it? <laughs> Emphasis is it, on and stuff. Is it difficult for you? Know me to be who you know what and stuff is? What? A lot of tunnels. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, um, did you say, is it yeah. difficult for me to be who I am? That's a hilarious question. Yeah. <laughs> hey, does it suck to be you? Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, it kind of does. Um, I -hmm. wish a lot more Jews were aligned with justice is what I'll say. I wish a lot more Jews understood that colonialism is not really a part of our history and it certainly shouldn't be. And we should try and stay away from it as much as possible by dismantling the illegal occupation of Palestine. Um, but, you know, it's a slow process. And there was a time when there were no Jewish Zionists, right? It was a Christian philosophy. They were trying to get Jews to go to Jerusalem so that we'd all get raptured and bring about Armageddon. And understandably, Jews were like, that sounds like a bad deal, right? <laughs> And so, you know, there were no Jewish Zionists for a long time. And hopefully it's a ideology that will wane, um, you know, in the future. And mm -hmm. it's being tested right now at the International Court of Justice on a worldwide scale. And it is not going to pass. Right. There is no way that Zionism is defensible. And so I just wish that more Jews would see that. Um, I've been ostracized from a lot of stuff. I've had family cut me off and tell me that they don't fuck with me, that they're embarrassed to be related to me. I'm like, we don't even share the same name. Like, stop flattering yourself. Nobody knows we're related. Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's actually so self-centered of her to be like, in a genocide, I'm embarrassed that, like, we're related. Anyways, whatever. Um, they, they don't see it you know, as a I, genocide, though. Right. I mean, well, they see it as self-defense. I don't know what they see. Right? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Self-defense from who? Right. From the people they're occupying. Mm -hmm. for, like, do you have self-defense from an occupied people? You don't actually. It's illegal. You're meant to you just know, stop the occupation. <laughs> Michael, I was afraid of this subject matter the first few months it was happening. To be completely honest, because, I mean, it was what are you so talking about? Clear. In like 1948. <laughs> the first few months, my boy. You You're talking about post-October 7th or what? Yes. Okay. That's actually a really <laughs> enlightening point. I'd like to take a moment to just sit in that. Because <laughs> a lot of people seem to think this started on October 7th. But what's true is that it didn't, right? It started mm -hmm. long before that. 
you could start the clock at like 1948, which is the Nakba, when 750,000 Palestinians were displaced forcibly from their homes. Thousands were murdered, field executions, pretty similar to what we're seeing today, but actually it's in larger scope today. So what we're seeing today is actually a continuation of the same policy that has been in effect since 1948. So unless you are talking about April 1948, I don't know what you mean when you're scared to talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, um, Michael, I'm, I'm trying to be honest with you and try to have a heartfelt conversation with you. I okay. know. I love you. I'm sorry. I'm just a little militant, you know, uh, is the thing. It's like I, I ride pretty hard for the Palestinian people. And so yes, when I hear here, somebody say, I was mm. like, yo, I'm scared to talk. For when the first few months, when this started, like, no, 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 no. The clock does not start on October 7th. The clock, mm -hmm. if you want to be fair, like the clock could start in like 1917 at the Balfour Declaration, right? Mm -hmm. It could start in 1890s at the Zionist Congress, right? These are, this is when the clock actually starts. And so the people who just started paying attention, October 7th, no shade, welcome to the club, but you have a little catching up to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me take it back to when I was a kid. So I'm Lebanese. I grew up in Lebanon. My family would always say that Israelis were the enemy, to be honest. Yeah. And I remember being a kid and being like, but why do they have to be enemies? Can't they be our friends? You know, because I was. Well, they also know, was, occupied Lebanon, huh? Yes. Mm -hmm. I understand now where my family was coming from, for sure. Now that I'm more educated. But when I was a kid, I was more, um, let's say, naive and hoping for, you know, peace in the Middle East. All right. And so, you know, I grew up and then I went to Boston University. I like had a bunch of Jewish friends and I've even been to Shabbat and, you know, and I love hearing all of them talk about peace and forgiveness and loving, you know, your enemy and all that stuff, you know? And so that Did was they show my... you the tunnels. <laughs> show me the tunnels. Yeah, you didn't make it in the club. <laughs> it's so contradictory, you know, because, yeah, I mean, I have tons of friends that are Jewish and uh, I think the religion well. itself is so it's such a peaceful preaching religion. And so it can be. Yes. When yes. practiced correctly. Uh huh. And what I'm trying to say is now I've come to the realization that Zionism is not equal Judaism. In fact, they're kind of opposite it's kind of impossible to be you know a man of faith or a person of faith mm. and then also be you know a murderer and uh, i also had this thing in my head where you know i want to be fair and impartial you know try to hear both sides of the story but as of recent i've come to the realization that you know what some things don't have two sides and some things aren't really equal. And in this specific topic, no, there isn't, you know, they may frame it as there's two equal sides, but there really isn't. There's like a genocide and then, you know, people having their feelings hurt. You yeah. Know? There is the right side and the genocide. Clip that. I was, yeah, yeah, I was exactly. about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. So it's been quite a journey and, um, yeah, here we are. Um, you know, there's, man, I was, uh, 
thinking about this because someone recently told me or asked me if this was a religious war. And I disagreed with them on mm. that point because I don't believe it was a I don't believe it is a religious war. I believe it's just no. uh, it is a neo what's it called neo crusade in a sense that they're just using religion as to cover up of their actual actions. You know, it's used to rally the troops. Exactly. I spoke with Rabbi Yaakov Shapiro on my podcast, mm -hmm. the Palestine pod, and he confirmed for me that Zionism's main goal is to steal a lot of the Jewish tenants to use that mm -hmm. as a facade for war crimes, right? It's a buffer so that you can't critique the actions of a murderer because you will be called. We all know what I don't even have to say. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hamas sympathizer. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Man, You'll be crazy. called a Hadid. All right. Now, come on. <laughs> <laughs> see, dude, it's so okay. So all this makes so much sense. But then you see that like Bella Hadid is getting in trouble. The person who acted in Scream, Jen Ortega is getting in trouble. You know, Tom Cruise had to come in and <laughs> say, stop firing people. Stop blacklisting these guys. All right. So our whole industry, yeah. our hey. whole, so so much is happening, but why? Pretty tough, pretty tough yeah. when a, a Scientologist has to be <laughs> like, guys, pump the brakes on this intimidation campaign, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I gave them my email one time. They showed up at my door. Like, these people are telling Zionists to chill out. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true hey hey dog when the, when the church of scientology tells you to pump the brakes you're doing too much i think dude when tom cruise is saying guys chill yeah exactly no it's true because you know <laughs> they're experts at this you know maybe Propaganda. that's his next mission yeah, exactly. impossible man getting <laughs> yeah getting zionists to stop being crazy mission <laughs> impossible <laughs> Getting Zionists to stop murdering people. Mission impossible. Why is the U.S. so specifically in ties with Israel as opposed to all the other countries? I mean, there's Jewish people everywhere around the world, right? But it just seems well, like, like we're seeing a one-sided narrative right now living in the The occupation of Palestine is a U.S. colony. It's a U.S. military base. It's staffed by U.S. citizens, right, who go over and colonize land. Yeah. Um, it's an extension of the United States in the Middle East. It's an outpost so that it can disrupt and agitate the occupied areas in the Middle East, which it's been trying to destabilize ever since the war on terror, 9-11. You guys know the vibes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um you know, so it's a continuation of that plan. It's mm -hmm. not like they're just besties who fucking hang out at the movies. You know what I mean? Dog, it's a U.S. military apparatus. Like, that's why the United States sent over troops to help with the invasion of Gaza. <laughs> why did why did the Israeli occupation soldiers load up all their diapers, get ready head towards the border of Gaza and then just wait. 
They were waiting for U.S. intelligence, for U.S. mercenaries, U.S. people to come and guide them because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. That's why they're getting smoked right now. They're not built for combat. They've done TikToks for the last 20 years. You know what I mean? Like, they yeah. don't, like... Man, it's insane. I, I said TikToks for 20 years. That doesn't make sense. You guys are... <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired, bro. I'm tired. Bro, I'm tired. But you know what? I wanted to... I was in Lebanon. I wanted to use Fiverr, yeah. but I couldn't. You know why? Because it's an Israeli company. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how all things should be we should boycott everything of theirs you know what i mean like they should be scared to let people know that they once supported zionism mm. it should be like apartheid south africa yeah. where everybody's like no nah, dude i loved nelson mandela the whole time it's like actually you threw the cuffs on him mm-hmm. yeah keep it real you know michael mm-hmm. when, remember when i was mentioning about all of the zionist uh people within Zai's backgrounds that hold high positions in the U.S. government and and consultancy for the U.S. government. The reason why I was mentioning yeah. that was because I have a bar of my, of my own, and I think it's something I mentioned to Hadi before. They say that uh, Israel is the best investment the U.S. has ever made. But in my opinion, I believe the U.S. is the best investment that Israel has ever made. But think about the US it. Think it no, no, no. Let, let it let it linger. Let it, let, it, let it linger there. Think about it. Think, think, think about the lobbyists. Okay. Think about all of the high positions they hold. Think about all of the influential play, people that can easily derail your career and destroy your life. Think Dog, I don't know if a bar is a bar if you got to defend it in court. Think about it. Think about it, bro. <laughs> think about it. It's a political no. statement more than a bar. You gotta pass the bar for it to be a bar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I know that the Zionist lobby is extremely influential. Yeah. It has almost total control over the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. Um, that's from Barack Obama. He said that Obama said that anybody who opposes the Zionist uh, lobby will find themselves with a primary challenger in the next race who is extremely well-funded and they will lose. And so yeah. people understand you. That's why even Ilhan Omar will vote for funding for the Iron Dome. That's why AOC will vote for these emergency aid packages that go directly towards the occupation, murdering people, right? Yeah. Uh, Obama himself, uh, when he was still, I think, uh, a senator or governor of Chicago or something like that, he was opposing the, the occupation. He was against it. But then when he ran for president, he switched his opinion. He organized with Palestinians in Chicago because he came up in Chicago and Palestinians are heavy in Chicago Mm -hmm. organizing space. And Mm -hmm. so there was no way for him not to organize with Palestinians. That said, once he got into a real position of power where he could do anything about it, he ghosted those folks. Well, that's a that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, Mikey, um, I want to know. So you do stand up. You talk about these yeah. topics when you're doing stand up, and how yeah. do people react to it? Yeah. It goes good. Yeah, it goes better <laughs> than most people would think. A lot of people mm-hmm. seem skittish, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I always gauge the crowd, you know, yeah, if I see right. a lot of F-150s in the parking lot, maybe not. <laughs> um, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of nuts on trucks. I know this is going to upset the Austin audience. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. you know, but, uh, no, I, I actually, I've even talked about it in Austin, um, at the mothership and stuff like I've, you know, I, I can talk about, I can talk about whatever I want wherever because I'm authentic with it. Like I have genuine perspective and I'm also doing comedy for like on the side of the oppressed people. And that's how mm-hmm. comedy is meant to be done. Right. Mm-hmm. Comedy is not meant to be done with the King shouting at the jester. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like that does not make sense. And so you know, people identify with the stand-up because it's it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, but Israelis would say that they're the victims, and they I know believe always they, that's in every situation. <laughs> but that's what they actually Is, believe. Israeli t bones you in traffic; he's the victim, <laughs> right? <laughs> Israeli burns down your whole family's house. He's the victim because he burned himself. He's, I mean, he, when he was lighting the match, when he was dousing your house in gasoline, he got a little trail on his own foot. And now he's in dire straits. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's your fault. How you burnt his foot. Why wouldn't you think that? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's how it works. I'm curious, Mikey, because you said you did, you denied going to birthright, but as someone so passionate about this topic, wouldn't you want to be there to see it for yourself and indoctrinate yourself a little bit to uh, <laughs> share the knowledge with others? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. If you knew that they were doing a brainwashing project, wouldn't you want to get close to the source, baby? Wouldn't you really want to feel the warmth of it? It's like, no, I knew that they were weird as fuck from the beginning um, Mm. when they offered me that trip. But, like, I didn't know that they were, like, genocidal maniacs because I'd never been told that. And I imagine it's impossible for you to go now to there, right? I don't think it'd be the safest idea for me to go right now. (laughs) I've, I've had a few invitations from Israeli intelligence. Wait, are you being serious right now? As yeah, somebody from the unit. No, mm-hmm. but there's somebody from a unit called eight two zero zero. It's their mm-hmm. cyber intelligence unit. They're mm-hmm. responsible for like tracking everything that happens online, blackmailing Palestinians, oh, etc. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of their associates reached out to me basically, and he was like, "I'd love for you to come because I'd break your fingers personally." <laughs> and I was like, "Dog, what the fuck? That's I'd still be able to post." You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't. <laughs> Wait, they said that. And I had, actual, that's an actual threat. Yeah, that's a threat, yeah. Holy and um, I also had another person who wasn't connected to this, the Israeli apparatus, just a regular. I mean, he might have served in the occupation army, but he was just a regular old Zionist. And he said that he wanted to cut out my tongue. Oof. And I was like, that's fucked up. You guys know I love to eat pussy, okay? You are reading my texts. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you'd stop. I mean, you could still post I hope you're training in Krav Maga. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Krav Maga. What is that? The art of hitting a Palestinian grandmother with the butt of your gun? <laughs> no, I'm trained in jujitsu and Muay Thai. And I actually went, when I was in Thailand, there was an IDF or an IOF unit uh, who came through to train. And those boys are not good at hand to hand combat. Let's just keep it. They are used to beating up children. Mm hmm. Okay. That's um, but... I just want to know: Have you ever had the opportunity to like talk to someone one on one and change their mind? Um, no. I don't do that. I don't give no. a fuck about that. Uh huh. <clears throat> and you're doing your podcast and you're spreading. So, knowledge like, and... we we have uh -huh. we have a wealth of knowledge that people can access, right? If they yeah. want to learn and mm -hmm. unlearn Zionism. Right. Mm -hmm. If you want to learn about Palestinian history, if you want to learn about the Palestinian liberation movement, about all types of liberation, indigenous liberation movements all over the world, you can check our podcast, all of our resources. Right. But I'm not going to sit down and like spoon feed somebody through this. If you want to learn, you will learn. You will be. You will have the desire to seek out the information, which is there, which is for free, readily available on the internet, YouTube, podcast, Spotify, anywhere all podcasts are, you know, sought and consumed. Um, but you have to want that information. I have zero interest in trying to force people into anything. When, when you wanted to unlearn, how did you know where to start? I didn't want to unlearn. I was tied up and the Israelis said something <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yes, I had no idea, bro. When, when you made the, <laughs> like, the realization, when the epiphany came to you, how did you know where to yeah. start to unlearn all of this information? Just started Googling. I just started reading a lot of books. I started listening to Palestinians. That's the most crucial thing. Listen to Palestinians. That's why Palestinians, their social media accounts have grown so much in this genocide because mm -hmm. people want to hear directly from them, mm. right? They have not been able to directly represent their cause to the world for some time. And so yeah, listen to Palestinians. That's what happened to me. Okay. I listened to them and I also read resources that were provided by, you know, the internet. Yeah. Can I ask how old were you when, when you had that epiphany, when you were tied up in the chair? And... 19. 19. 19. Wow. And I'm sure... So old enough to be a war criminal in the occupation. Yeah. And I'm sure, obviously, before you were 19, you've, been, you've met with Palestinians previously, right? In the US. Mm, not a ton, no. Like, just in passing, at least. Or maybe you've had a discussion with one or, like, a, just a conversation. I mean, it's possible. But to be honest, I don't recall any interactions with Palestinians first 18 years of my life hmm. it's interesting how and so it's like maybe maybe i did interact with them but whatever like the energy that i gave yeah didn't let them know that it was a safe place for them to tell me they were palestinian exactly and, and like w the key term that you were using was i started listening to palestinians and like the thing that i'm focusing on that's that's stuck in my head is you started listening to them when you started when you felt the same way as them 
like that that experience that you had where you were traumatized for one moment that one moment like highlighted like it kind of opened up something in your head i feel where you're just like wow this is how they're feeling so now i can actually listen to every them. day yeah so the, the feeling this is how they're feeling every day this is just a slice yeah. of what they experience every day yeah that's what that's what woke me up it's interesting that's what made it so that i could no longer just like live my life regularly yeah not advocating for the palestinian people i find it interesting mm. how you were able to bond with a with a group of people that you've never interacted with over a traumatic experience you know mm -hmm. that's a really astute observation i didn't realize i was on a damn therapy pod <laughs> <laughs> he's the behavior analyst but, um, not me <laughs> yeah so let's let's i have one last question i want to ask you about comedy and palestine um mm -hmm. it's a very serious topic and we've been laughing a lot about it today um yeah what do you think is the role of comedy and spreading awareness i mean to a lot of people i know the basim yusuf podcast with Pierce Morgan opened their eyes specifically because he was able to talk about all these injustices in such a funny, satirical way. Yep. It helps spread the message. Comedy is a vehicle through which we can spread a serious message. And it's one of the last vehicles where we can express ourselves freely, right? And so it must be protected just like Palestine. Free comedy. Yeah. No, free Palestine still. Don't steal the fucking slogan. What are you, working at a Chabad in Crown Heights? <laughs> God damn. Said, anything else? I think this uh, this is good, man. It's had its ups and downs. Yeah, this feels good. We've got, we've got roasted a bit from Michael, uh, but we also learned quite a bit from him. We've seen the perspective. Like, yeah, hey, don't clip out the part where I'm making fun of you guys. <laughs> no, we will definitely include it. That's like the best don't part. Don't fucking edit that shit out. <laughs> that's how we that's literally how we started the podcast. So like we have to keep it. It's, it's yeah, too good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Michael, thank you so All much. All right, it's been fun, guys. Thank you so much. Shukran, shukran. shukran. Are you guys comics by the way or no? Uh yes. Somewhat. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Stand up improv, but not really like as serious as you. We do okay, it mostly sure. on the podcast and yeah, for fun as a hobby. Okay. Not as a Word. profession. Are you guys like you? Are you guys based in Austin? I'm Los Angeles boy. <clears throat> I'm in London. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm about to be in Europe. Um, my buddy Morgan J is going on tour. I'm going with him. Nice. Where in, where in Europe are you going? Yeah. Uh, all over, but London's one of the stops. Well, hit me up when you're here. Definitely. will. Uh, I'd love to see you. <laughs> Ali, oh, yeah, Ali don't, here. you're not involved in this. Just. No, yeah, Ali, why are you trying to jump in right now? You spent the half of this podcast off the pod. You know what I mean, dog? Like, <laughs> what is this, man? No, I'm just very kidding, unprofessional Ali. of me. But that's okay. uh, Ali, well, we can grab brunch here in LA. I'm I'm literally here right now. Um, <laughs> Ciao. Awesome. Michael, <laughs> good do you good to see you. Good to see you, boys. Thank you for the Shabbat, time. Shabbat shalom. L'chaim. See you later. Do you want to let people this know where, the, where to find you before free, we... Free Palestine. Free Palestine. Oh. Inshallah. Mikey um mikey intifada um mm -hmm. yeah you can find me at the palestine pod you can find me on instagram at michael underscore shirtzer 
And also, I'm probably coming to a city near you because I am busy. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Michael, for coming onto the show again. Ali, you know how we end this. Thanks. Michael, we salute to cover the camera and peace.